Hey there, and welcome to episode number 135 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, Chris Bellamy had the chance to talk to Stephen Christian uh, about what it's like to now lead worship regularly, to have a worship project coming out, and um, what that looks like compared to being in Anne Berlin. Uh, They get into some really cool chats about what the future of worship looks like, some of Stephen's musical influences, some of the great things that are going on just in worship in general, and I think you're going to love it. So here we go with episode number 135 of the Church Collective Podcast. Yeah, so basically at 2014, I signed a publishing deal with Word because I just felt like creativity-wise, I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to lose songwriting. It was one of the, that and the studio are my two favorite parts about being in the band outside of like just, you know, performing on stage. But I, I just, I love it. And so I signed with them and then I began to kind of find myself more attracted to worship than I did country or pop or hip hop or anything like that. It just felt kind of, almost natural to be pulled that way. And so just began writing. And you, my, my friend, Joel Timmon, who works at, at Word was like, Hey man, why don't you put these out yourself? And I was like, I didn't even think of that. I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't want to go through the whole thing again. It just sounded like starting a new band, putting a social media page together, putting a tour together, getting into a van. It just sounded just, I had just gotten done with it. And then my wife was like, yeah, why don't you do this? Why don't you start a worship project? And I was like, man, I cannot believe this. So I, I, I soon realized like, not only were the people in my life telling me to do it, but I realized that a lot of these songs meant something to me, like trust and Gloria. They all just started to mean a lot to me because they were not only the overflow of my heart, but they also felt like these are the stories that are culminating in my life. I don't want other people to put these out. I want to put them out. So that's uh, that's a quick synopsis of post-2014. <laughs> so fast forward three years and now you have an album coming out it's a worship album called wildfires um and that's coming out later this month correct that's right july 20 awesome um so how did you transition from amberlin to being a worship pastor it was pretty hard i mean basically you know i thought that i was going to maintain some jobs in nashville and live there forever. I thought I was just going to live and die in Nashville. I loved it so much, but God had bigger and better plans for me. And so I got a phone call in March. My friend Steve-O was like, Hey, why don't you come and lead worship at our church? And I said, no way, man. I've only led worship once in my life. That does not sound fun. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And he said, well, just come out, lead worship once, just take your family, see what you think. So we did. And you know, as soon as I got to the camp, I felt called. I felt like I could make a difference. I like I had not just a purpose, but I knew that I could just, this is where I belonged. And I don't think there's any greater feeling, you know, and it, it took a miracle to get us over there. It took a miracle to get to, to Albuquerque. Um, Cause we just didn't want to go in our, in our human minds. We're just kind of like, man, I can't imagine life outside of Nashville, but, but where God calls, he fulfills. Man. So, um, so you're full on staff leading rehearsals everything right so how's that feel yep i I, we have a it's great we have 170 volunteers that that volunteer for the music ministry there and so it's um, a giant juggling act but i've got a great great team that is not only so supportive but they just um they're so diligent and they're so faithful to to not the church but god as well and it just makes my life so easy so um, going back to the album, what was the recording process like? Um, you're, were you co-writing 
you know, were you playing the, the instruments or other people playing the instruments? So I, you know, the whole record came from co-writes because, you know, that's what I was doing with Word was just a series of rights for other people for their projects. So slowly it became, when it became my own, I took a much greater invested interest in it and um, really, you know, focused in. But I, I aspire to the fact that, like, find the best person for the job. So if you're an okay acoustic guitarist, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like, having someone play acoustic guitar on your record. You know, it's just... They do it better. God gifted them, you know, let them run free. So I recorded, I produced the record with, or I'm sorry, Riley Friesen, a producer out of Nashville, produced the record. And he kind of assembled a team for me because when I finally recorded last October, I was already full time into ministry. And so it's not like I could, I had the luxury of like saying, Hey guys, like give me a month and a half off. I'm going to go to Nashville and just sit around a studio and play video games and, and work, you know, like yeah. it. So I basically kind of just, you know, noted everything I wanted from Riley. We would kind of do the whole postal service thing where he would fly me stuff. And, and, you know, I would listen through, give him a series of notes and, Hey, this electric guitar sounds like it needs to sound like this. And, you know, we, so it was a very interactive, but it was all online. Um, so since the last time I talked to you, I had spoken to a couple friends of mine and one thing they, they, they said, can you ask them what, what does he use in the studio for his vocals? Like, what kind of mic do you use? What What's your signal chain like? Yeah, so I just uh, I just use an SM55, like a sure basic touring microphone. And I know that sounds funny, but I really enjoyed the fact that, like, whatever I could pull off in the studio, I wanted to try to be able to pull off live. You know, like, I, I felt like maybe it was just kind of a little bit of a, I guess looking at hindsight, it's a little bit of a snobbery, thing, you know, because I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit of an integrity thing, or I just didn't want to use some mic that was going to make my voice so modulated that it, I could never, ever do it off, you know, pull it off live. And I appreciated the best compliment that people gave me were just like, man, that sounded just like the record. And I, I like that. So that's why I kind of attempted to use the same mic that I was using in the studio on stage and vice versa. That's awesome. So when, when and they're not expensive. They're not expensive. So for all your production friends, like they know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're, they're probably going to be really disappointed. <laughs> so on Sunday mornings, are you having to are you finding yourself having to hold back at all? Or, you know, are you like telling the congregation, get up? <laughs> yeah, Spitting water I on them? definitely I definitely hold back. And that, the reason being is because I never to entertain. Just I don't want to do it. I want to be able to speak into people's lives, and I, I want to be a conduit to the throne room of God. I want to be, you know, you know, just kind of like feed me your attention, like a lighthouse, like give it to me, like you know, look at me. I don't I don't want that. You know, that's something I did for 12 years, and I understand the power of that. And but I also understand the responsibility of a worship set and a worship stage, and it's not for my glory. And if it ever becomes that, I've got to leave. Yeah. And you had mentioned um, that you you purposely don't do your songs on Sunday or try to promote your record at the church, right? Right, right. And that's just just for integrity purposes. Just because, like, again, there's a I don't want to use my platform as a springboard for my career. It needs to be like, what songs are reaching the congregation? What songs are impacting people's lives? And I feel like, you know, the, the songs we pick are coming, you know, a lot of we write in-house, you know, with our producer. 
with each other, the, the, with the different worship leaders. And that to me is imperative because those sound like, you know, the overflow of the heart of the congregation. And those are very easy to be able to sing and perform because I feel like this has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm not trying to further my career. And I just, you know, we may play it. We may play it from time to time, maybe in the future, but I would have to, I would have to come to terms with my with myself and just say, okay, what you know, really soul search. Do I feel like this song is impacting a community, or do I feel like this is a proverbial pat on the back? Yeah. And and I just want to live within that healthy tension. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a lot of worship leaders are kind of fall into that trap of in their head they they need to make it to the next level, you know, and they're using their church as a springboard. Um, right. So that's that's, yes. that's great to hear that from you. Um, so I saw on your, uh, social media, a, a live stream, you, you played a show in Albuquerque and some, some of the guys from Amberlin joined you. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. It's called freedom celebration. We do it once a year as a church and we bring in different bands and it's all for free for the community and, and do fireworks. And, and then there's a gospel message by our pastor, Skip Heitzig. And so one of the bands dropped off. And so the assistant pastor came to me and was like, hey, would you want to play this? You know, you could play new songs off your record, your worship record. You could play some Amberlynn songs. And I was like, yeah. I was like, he was like, why don't you fly in some guys from Amberlynn? I was like, okay. And I hadn't seen them in two years. I hadn't seen, you know, it was supposed to be Joey and Christian, but Christian um, was, was doing a warp Tour event. And so, yeah, it was Joey and I and a few friends called from, in a band called The Advance from Arizona. And we all just got together and it was a lot of fun. We just played, you know, played a couple songs. Wasn't much like five songs, but it was cool to be back in that element of, of Amberlin again. Yeah. I noticed a lot of the comments were just, people were like, this is heaven. <laughs> they were, so, they were yeah. so happy. And then they noticed it wasn't just you. They were like, wait a minute. You know, it was, it was pretty cool yeah. to see that. Um, yep. Man. So as far as your new album, um, do you plan on touring that at all or just... I don't know. You know, I mean, if, if I get the opportunity to do like conferences or festivals or one-offs, that would be great. I would really, really like to do that, but I just don't, I just don't see myself getting back into a, a you know, bus again and, and, and being away from my family. If so, for some reason, God sets it up where, you know, he can perform miracles with back families with me, then man, I would tour for the rest of my life. Absolutely. So the new album, what, what would you say the style is? It's, it's, it's a little more electronic, correct? It is. It's definitely, it's straightforward for sure. I mean, it's not going to be as heavy by any means as Amberlynn, but it's a, it's a straightforward worship. And I know you get this asked a million times, but um, what, what do you say when people ask you, will Amberlynn ever do another record? Well, you know what's funny is that I'm sure if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I probably would have said never, no way. But after being with Joey and hanging out, I, you know, this is the first time I've ever said this, but I, I don't think Amberlynn would ever do a reunion tour by any means. But I think it, there might be a chance for a Amberlynn re, recalibration. You know, I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know what that sounds like yet. But it just, you know, there was a lot of things that 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 went well and were done well in the band. And then there were a lot of things that kind of slipped through the cracks and really slowly eroded and were cancerous to the band. And so, I, you know, if 
God sees fit. You know, I don't, I think that there could be a, a recalibration, um, in the future. Maybe, I don't know. I, I just have, I have no clue. That's cool. Well, I, I actually was at, um, I went to your farewell tour, um, at you, when you played in Norfolk at the Norva, um, which was an amazing oh, show. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. And man, your energy yes. was just like on 11. <laughs> so I'm glad I saw that. It, it, man, that's awesome. My wife and I went, it has went to be, there man, for our anniversary. It has anniversary. to be 11. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it just has to be 11, man, because I, you know, especially knowing and thinking that was going to be the last tour I ever did. I wanted to leave it all out of the stage every night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would, I definitely went to bed like, like, hurting and you know like just feeling like i just ran a marathon and completely exhausted and knowing that tomorrow i was gonna have to do it again but it was so worth it you know um it it, it definitely took a toll but man I, I i would never change a single one of those shows yeah so um what are you, what are your influences um just in general musically i know i i saw that you mentioned something about um led zeppelin a while back um, but what other influences do you have? Yeah, I love how Led Zeppelin was able to create a sound. I mean, they basically, you know, took blues riffs and, and made it so just cosmic. I mean, the, the fact that they could start a song and you already, you know, you were already drawn in just on the guitar line was mesmerizing. But my influences, I love Jeff Buckley, um, always have loved the Smiths um, and Morrissey. In particular, the Beatles are are the best band that has ever existed of all time. Best songwriters, best producer. I mean, they're incredible. I love Radiohead's constant pushing of the envelope. I think that is just that they are, you know, in a way underrated, um, even though they're massive. Um, just in the fact that like they constantly push the envelope, and 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 you never know what to expect from them next. And I appreciate that about them a lot. Um, so I think those would be definitely those that I just named would be the biggest influences of my life overall, for sure. That's cool. What um what worship artists are you guys playing at your church, or who do, who do you think is is really on the uh, the forefront of where worship's going? I think they, he may not be on the forefront, but in my mind he is, and, he, and to me he's the Keith Green of of this generation. I I think it's John Mark McMillan. I think that dude. He has a sound all to himself. He's not imitating the world. He's not. He didn't listen to some other artist and was just like, "I'm going to put 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 Jesus instead of the word baby, and I'm going to sell a million records." You know, he wasn't like that. He's just like, "This is me. This is raw. This is real. Let's go." And I enjoy that so much. The poetry aspect, the Davidic poetry, uh, the sound that he's created. Um, but as, as far as production teams, I think the Hillsong production team is is. Um, unbelievable. I don't, I, unmatched, you know, the people that do like young and free, they, they are the best, you know, they are some amazing, amazing songwriters. Um, I think that's incredible. Um, other than that, you know, I, 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 to be honest, I don't listen to a lot of worship music. Um, for me, worship sounds a lot like Sugaros and Hammock. Yeah. Uh, those are probably my favorite two worship bands right now. And I'm not sure if either of them are Christians. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so you mentioned you played saxophone, and I play saxophone, <laughs> so I'm I'm super interested in that. And then you're wearing a hat that says jazz band. So what's your, what's your yes. background with that? 
Oh man, I love jazz. I love it. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where in high school, you know, my parents said, okay, or not my, my high school, middle school, my parents said, okay, you have to pick an instrument and play it for two years. You can pick anything you want. And I remember as a kid seeing a picture of John Coltrane and not, not knowing who he was or what instrument he was actually holding. But I just kind of like thought he looked so cool. <laughs> I thought he was the coolest guy. And so I was like, well, whatever he's doing, whatever that dude's doing, that's what I want to do. And so I just, you know, I, I love it. I love jazz and I played it for a couple years. And then I was just kind of like, I don't want to do, I never wanted to do the marching band thing. I thought it was super cheesy. No, I mean, just, that's just my personal opinion. I just kind of like didn't. So I switched to guitar and thank God I did, but I never lost my love for jazz or the saxophone or trumpet or anything like that. I just, you know, and, and New Orleans is my favorite city in the United States. So I'm always, I'm, I'm there at least, I try to be there like at least once a year. And I'm always on Frenchman in Frenchman Street, just just soaking it in because, man, at any given moment there are so many incredibly talented musicians. Just man, it's just so they're just so good. So I enjoy it very much. But I don't I haven't played it in a while. But man, after we talked last, I I took it out of my attic. So I got I have to <laughs> now I just got to go like put on some culture records and and remember all of it. But um, but but I think. I think it blow my little kids' minds that I knew how to play the saxophone. I think they'd be like, what is that? So, man, it'll be fun. It's coming back. I'm ready to see it. Uh, you know, I, I went to the uh, 1975's tour. And, yeah. And, um, and every band on that tour had a sax. It was like the, the, the joining factor of all the bands. And I'm like, wow. waiting for it to uh, kind of come back in church. Because <laughs> I want to break it out, but you know I don't think people are right. ready for it. <laughs> push the envelope, my friend. Push the envelope. Yeah. No, um, didn't M80, uh, M83 yep. on uh, Midnight City? Well, they used to, when they toured, they their tour manager knew how to play sax, and so he would bring it out on that final song, and people would lose their minds. Yeah. So do it, man. Just bring it on out. Bring yeah. it out. You never know. I just actually just recorded an album uh, for Higher Vision Church in out in LA, and that they specifically said we want M83 sax on these these tracks, and that man, that, that is that excited unreal. Me. Yes, and you were like, you don't even have to pay me. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that. Um, where do you see the the church, you know, church music in general going in the next five ten years? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot of worship bands, but I can say what I am so happy about is the fact that like five, 10 years ago, if you turned on a Christian radio station, if you were flipping through the channels, you could actually obviously tell which one was Christian. You're just like, Oh, there's the Christian station. Yeah. You know, when I tried it on people, I was like, I'm going to play you three stations. You're going to tell me which one's Christian. And it wasn't just the lyrics. It was just kind of like, there was this particular sound that the entire Christian industry like subscribed to. And then that's that, you know, just stick in a different singer. But now it is just so expansive and people are taking risks and people are moving it. And, you know, to be honest, like Christian hip hop up until a couple of years ago was horrific. You know, there was a few standouts like grits and other ones, but I love hip hop. And, and I just was like, this is detestable. But now you have some people like Andy Minio and uh, uh, Misfit Club, Social Misfit Club, and there's other bands, I mean, other hip hop groups that are just coming out and uh, the woodworks, and they are incredible. Like, you just would never know. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But as far as worship is concerned, 
I think worship is about to be, if it's not already, the biggest, the biggest niche of the Christian niche, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's just about to be, uh, I think it's going to be mammoth. Because, see, everybody wants an experience now. And what greater experience is there than the Holy Spirit, you know? And so I think that you're going to start seeing worship festivals pop up where it's just basically like a few CCM artists, but closing is going to be like, an hour set of, you know, with Bethel and an hour set with, you know, because people just want that experience. They want to be able to, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, when the heart is right, when the heart is gold and set on Jesus, like it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. It just, um, it's, and I think that's what people long for. And I think, uh, I think worship is about to sound like whatever it wants to sound like, as opposed to like, remember in the nineties where there was just this, this keyboard, piano with strings attached to the end of it yeah um so yeah i think i think long gone are the days of just every worship team sounding the same i think it's going to become um you know kind of from the inside out for instance like ours is very 80s influenced not just because of me but producer stephen tracy and and um and just kind of the culture there really enjoys pop and the 80s and so i think our our you know when we our worship team called battle drums is coming out with a record this fall and, you know, we're going to sound way different than, you know, let's say D- Daniel Bashta's uh, uh, Carolina worship team. You know, mm-hmm. I think each each one is going to sound uniquely different. We don't have to say, OK, what's the standard quo? Oh, is it it's mercy me this year? OK, let's all sound like mercy me. Oh, what's the status quo? This. OK, we're all going to everybody's just going to be like, all right, you know, we're going to do our thing. We'll take your song and we're going to play it on Sunday. It won't sound like that record. It's not going to sound like you guys. It's just going to sound like us. So I think it's a, you know, a huge, uh, it's going to be, I think the worship industry is going to be massive. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about like the, 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 the attraction to it is just undeniable right now. Yeah. it's awesome. Um, last question, um, off your, off wildfires, which song would you like to see the church kind of grab a hold of? Wide-eyed wonder. I think that's the song. I mean, I, that's where, I think that's because it's my heart's cry. I want to live in an, you know, ever ready state of wonder to God, you know, just kind of his creation. I feel like technology has far surpassed our, has taken over as to, you know, what David said in Psalm 8, like, how can you stare at the heavens and the stars and the sky and say, you know, God doesn't exist. Well, we don't even stare at the sky anymore. We're on our phones, you know, which, which I am too, you know? And I think that we have kind of like technology has taken the place of wonder in our lives. And I kind of just want to nudge people and remind them that like, man, just look just stand in awe of God for just a second. Just take it all in, realize that the infinity of God and, and just, just revel in that for one second, you know, and, and hopefully snap people out of like 2017, you know, culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. So for me, that's the song that I'm hoping the church really just takes, takes a hold of. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time.